Father, thank you. Thank you that your word brings truth and life to us. Even small parts can set our hearts on fire. There's power in your word. Your word sets us free. Lord, would you speak to us through your word tonight? Do you give us hearts that are really up for what you have for us? Challenge us, stir us, I pray, by your spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been quite a week for many of us, hasn't it? Um, I don't know where you were last Monday evening, what you were doing. Some of us were here on holiday, or here, here on holiday? <laughs> we're away on holiday, some of us were here. Um, it, was, it was a surreal kind of thing to see this, this kind of move of, of violence and anger and aggression and, and stealing uh, and arson uh, move across the city and, and, and obviously hit us here in Ealing. Um, just before I kind of do a, a few reflections on, on, on what happened and what's happened since, can I firstly say just a really big thank you um, to all of, all of, kind of St Paul's family who have been involved in helping others in our community over the last week. Um, it was a few of us were out on Tuesday morning. Um, there were people giving bottles of water away with brooms and bin bags. I met people from St Paul's, from St John's, from different churches around around um, around the community who were just wanting to serve and love and bless those who've been affected. So thank you for doing that. It's so great, and it was great to see so many folk out. And and just to kind of tell you a bit more about what Rachel mentioned um, yesterday. Uh, early evening from 6 till 7, um, about 100, 150 of us gathered um, at Ealing Green, just by the Ealing Studios, opposite the supermarket, the budgeons that had been torched uh, on the Monday evening, to pray. We, we went there to, uh, to, to remember and reflect on the life of Richard Bowes, who sadly died a couple of nights previous. And we prayed for our community. We were praying for those who have been affected, so shopkeepers, businesses, uh, people who are scared and worried and nervous. Goodness, you know, people haven't seen this before. How is that going to affect them? We prayed for the emergency services. I've talked to several policemen and, um, over the last few days, and, you know, annual leave has been cancelled, rest days are cancelled, 12-hour shifts are in, and they're up for serving our community. And they've done an amazing job. And we were praying for the police for... Others who have been kind of on long shifts, praying for the council, um, for politicians, for community leaders, for young people, those involved, um, and also for our city, the wider city, and for our nation. And it was fantastic to see so many folk from St Paul's, along with people from other churches and of no church, coming. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Let's get a drink of water. <coughs> excuse me. It was, um, it was wonderful to see people wandering over. We, we, had a, we had a little kind of, I bought an A4 notebook from Smith's um, to have as part of a kind of thing you could do if you wanted to write a prayer or, or whatever during that time for people to do. And, and I've read through all of the prayers on there and all of the thoughts and reflections that people have had. And, and some of them are incredibly moving. Um, people of no faith or a different faith, just wanting to, to offer their prayers, offer their sympathies, offer their love and support. Um, and in the midst of the kind of chaos and disorder we saw, something wonderful, something of the image of God coming out in people wanting to help. So I've got a few pictures. Some of you 
um, have seen these. I was really inspired by what Sheena said this morning. And that's on Ealing Green. We weren't far from there when we were praying yesterday. Um, Those two cars that were torched. That photo, very well known. I think it was in Croydon. A lady jumping out of a burning building to be caught by the fire brigade. Let's go next one. Um, That's in the Arcadia Centre. The cone became a bit of a focal point for photographers. Um, And people posing outside of broken windows. I'm not quite sure I got that, but um, that was... That's Croydon, isn't it? The carpet still. Is that right? I think. Is that Tottenham? Sorry. Right. Um, let's just hold on this photo a second. This is Tarek Jahan, and many of us have seen his, his face and, and heard him speak over the last few days. He's a father of um, one or two of the, the, uh, the lad who was, was killed, one of the three boys or men who were killed in Birmingham, and has been attributed as a peacemaker. An amazing, amazing man. Deep in grief. Go back to that slide, sorry, just the one I said. Step forward if you want to lose your sons. Otherwise, calm down and go home. If ever there was a word from God, it was that. And finally, the picture of us praying. Well, not us. Um, but a picture of us praying. You know, it's a big deal. What we've seen is a big deal. It's a big event. It's been across our news, across our papers... Um, on our radios, on our television, on our computers. I did a little bit of research today on some of the stats of those who've been arrested. It's quite interesting. 91% of them were men. Only 22% were under 18. Isn't that interesting? Only 22% of those arrested were under 18. So much for a broken youth culture. If you look on the... I found this on the Telegraph website. I think it was statistics from yesterday, so obviously they're updated as they go. But if you look at the age spread of all those who are arrested, it's pretty well spread. It's not just under 25s, although a fair few are, most of them are, I would think. But it's pretty well spread. What does that say to us? It says to us that our whole society is affected. You know, I don't know about you, but it's so easy, isn't it, to point the finger at those who are rioting. It's so easy to point the finger at those who steal and who loot. And, and what they've done is wrong. What they've done is wrong. It's, there's no excuse. It doesn't, doesn't matter what caused it. What they've done is wrong. But how easy it is to ignore the sin in my own heart. My own capability to be, to be wicked. To hurt others. Isn't that true? It is for me. Maybe not for you. And the question we're asking tonight is, what if the church, what if the body of Christ, what if you and I, acted justly? What if the church, what if you and I loved mercy? A verse in Micah chapter 6, I'm just going to read a few verses to give it a bit of context. And it says this, what can we bring to the Lord to make up for what we've done? Should we bow before God with offerings of yearling calves? Should we offer him thousands of rams and tens of thousands of rivers of olive oil? Would that please the Lord? Should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for the sins of our souls? Would that make him glad? No. O people, the Lord has already told you what is good. And this is what he requires. To act justly. To love mercy. To walk humbly with your God. Father, help us to put that into practice. To think through and apply from what we've seen this week. Lord, help us to be the difference in this world. Amen.
And this single verse here in Micah, or this little passage in Micah, uh, verse 8 is what we're focusing on in Micah chapter 6. Um, it sums up the kind of people that Israel were meant to be. This is nothing new. Almost the whole of, kind of, it's one of those verses in the Old Testament that really sums up the heart of God for his people. That they're to be people who act justly. People who love mercy and who walk humbly with him. It's really simple. There are so many laws and commandments and stipulations and, and, and things in the Old Testament. You can feel, goodness, if you, were, if you were in Israel at that time, how can I possibly keep up with this? And Micah says, you know, O man, O woman, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you to act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God? And simply what Micah is saying here is, you know who, who your God is, don't you? You know who your God is. God is merciful and compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love. God is just and a true and loves the poor and works for justice. This is the kind of God they serve. And what Micah is saying is, reflect your God to the world. If this is who your, what your God is like, reflect him to the world. Their relationship with God was a covenant. They were chosen and loved by God. Not because they were the best or the biggest, because in fact God says, because you were the smallest. I chose you to be a light to the nations of the world. So in the midst of rioting and looting, tonight we get to look at what if the church acted justly and loved mercy. Because I believe that Jesus is the hope of the world. I believe that Jesus is the answer to the situations we face. I believe that all of us, in here and out there, are equal and level before the cross. It's all about grace, friends. We're all invited to come and kneel before him. And Jesus is the hope of the nations. Jesus is the hope of the world. And we are his body. We are his hands and his feet. And he calls us to go. So what would that look like? Well, if we're motivated by a spirit of mercy, if we're to love mercy, what does that really mean? Um, we're more likely to be merciful when we've received mercy. Isn't that right? You know, when you've, someone's been nice to you, you're kind of nice back. You kind of feel inspired. I want to tell you a story. It happened yesterday. Um, after we finished praying as a, on, the, um, on Ealing Green, a few of us went out for pizza, as you do. You know, holiness to pizza. It seems to work quite well. And um, so we chose Pizza Express, because Pizza Express is the best. And um, although I'm not sure about the thin crust, but we'll come back to that another time. And we were, um, four or five of us, five of us were sat in Pizza Express, ordered our pizza. I had a lovely pizza. I had chicken on pizza. Can I just do a little straw poll here? How many people here think chicken on pizza is okay? Okay. How many people think chicken on pizza is, is so far wrong it's untrue? Okay. It is, it's one of those issues that divides people, isn't it? Ch- chicken on pizza. I love chicken on pizza. My nearest and dearest doesn't. Anyway, I just wanted to show that I was right and she was wrong. Um, but you shouldn't really do that from the full pit, should you? I'm in such trouble. Oh, my words. Back to your notes, Chris. Come on. Okay, so we were in Pizza Hut, and um, we'd met a guy um, who was one of the street pastors, and he said, can I come for pizza with you? I thought, yeah, of course, why not? Come and join us. So we had pizza, and, and he said, I've, you know, I've got to go. I'll go and pay and, and leave. And he got up to pay. And, and I thought, hang on, I'll oh, go and sort this all out. I'm kind of one of those busybodies when it comes to paying for things. And so I wandered up to the till to see this guy paying for my meal. Not just my meal, but all of us. You don't do that in Pizza Express. <laughs> it's, it's only a tenner each. It's not much money. This guy had said, I'd literally met him two hours previous. And he paid for my meal. I haven't seen him since. I've got, not got his phone number. 
unfortunately. No, I'm joking. I'll tell you next time. You pay for one meal. What has that done to me? Well, I'm hugely, hugely grateful. Hugely grateful. Isn't it wonderful? But two, do you know, he inspired me to think, how can I be generous to others? Genuinely. He said, you know, I was listening to someone teaching once, and they, they said, oh, we pay for people's meals in restaurants. So I thought, that sounds like a good idea. So I did it. How, many, how, how often I wish I read the Bible and acted that way. I saw it in the Bible, so I thought I'd go and do it. When we receive mercy, when we are blessed, we are likely to bless. So let's think about mercy. What does it mean to be motivated by a spirit of mercy? Well, firstly, if God is mercy, have we seen him? Have we seen it? In the life of Jesus, we cannot help but see someone who shows mercy. Someone who goes to the unclean, to lepers. If you touch the leper, you, you became unclean. Jesus touched the leper and made them clean. He went to the Samaritans, the hated race. He, he went to a Samaritan woman in the middle of the day, an immoral Samaritan woman. Because Jesus was full of mercy. Jesus healed people because he was filled with compassion. When he saw the needs of people, he healed them, he delivered them, he welcomed them, he included them, because he was full of mercy. And ultimately, his death and resurrection are a demonstration of the mercy of God. Let me just read to you from Ephesians chapter 2. If you've got a Bible, you might want to turn there. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 7 says this, Once you were dead, you and I, doomed forever because of our many sins. You used to live just like the rest of the world, full of sin, obeying Satan, the mighty prince of the power of the air. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of all those who who refuse to obey God. And all of us used to live that way, following the passions and desires of our evil nature. We were born with an evil nature and were born under God's anger, just like everyone else. But, the word but in the Bible is really great. Isn't it really great? I think it is. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so very much, that even while we were dead, because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is by God's special favour, his grace, that you have been saved. We'll stop there. But God is so rich in mercy. He chose you and me, when we didn't deserve it. He saw our hearts. It's a wonderful little phrase. We are trophies of grace. And so are they. So are those who looted and pillaged. They can be trophies of grace. While we were sinners, dead in our sins, far from God, enemies, distant, living how we liked, doing what we wanted, God chose us. Because God is full of mercy. And because God is full of mercy, we are to be full of mercy. You know, mercy seems to require something of an active pursuit of those in need of it. Have you ever seen that in the life of Jesus? Mercy requires us to kind of actively pursue and go to those who need it. It's not just a, well, if I bump into someone who needs mercy, maybe I'll help them. Maybe I'll not cross the road and avoid them. So who might it be that God wants us to show mercy to? It's not just kind of thinking nicer about them. I think there's something earthy about action. Maybe it's the people we see in need when we head to work. Those people who look, maybe interrupt our time by asking us for money. It's the classic conundrum, isn't it? When you see someone begging for money, you think, well, if I give them money, what will they spend it on? 
you know, I think for me, that's just an excuse not to give them anything. Maybe that's just the state of my heart. Can't we be outrageously generous? Because God is to us. God freely gives of his gifts to us, regardless of what we spend it on. Maybe God's calling us to be outrageously merciful, to be motivated by a spirit of mercy, seeing everyone we meet as a trophy of grace that one day could be in his kingdom and who God is drawing to himself. So that's the mercy. So maybe we should go out and buy pizzas for people. Don't have to buy one for me. I've had that privilege. Um, But whatever it might be, that's a silly story, isn't it? But you know what I mean. How can we be outrageously generous? How can we go and find? Who are the people that God's calling us to go to? To show mercy. Who are maybe the people in our community that we know are in need of mercy, in need of love, in need of grace. And who are the people that can go? We are. Let us have big hearts full of mercy. And secondly, we act justly. You know, in the book of Micah, Micah is absolutely furious with the people of Israel. If you've ever read the book of Micah, there is some pretty hard stuff that he says. I'm not going to read some of it because I think there's a bit of an 18 certificate on a bit, but never mind. It's pretty full of, some of you are like, really? Can I read that? Um, Micah has condemned Israel for taking advantage of the poor. He said, as a, as a nation, you've oppressed them, you've robbed from them, you're corrupt, you've stolen their land and their money. They were living in a way, Israel were living in a way that was totally opposed to what God wanted. Because the key part of their covenant, if you've ever read the book of Leviticus, which is a great read, you know, it talks about caring for the poor, leaving, leaving crops for the foreigners, for those who are immigrants, who aren't part of the people of God. But it's, there are three kind of categories, really, of people who are, are, are kind of put in the sort of category of, of the poor, if you like. There's orphans, there's widows, and there's foreigners. There's basically those who can't care for themselves. For whatever reason, they're, they're in a situation that is desperate. And the people of God are always called to care for them, always called to think of them, always called to look for them. Amos, um, a pretty fiery prophet, prophesied about a century before Micah. He said this, he, he, kind of, he really goes for the, 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 the Israelite worship. He says, look, you're, you're religious, but your hearts aren't right. You know, away from me with your songs and your, your ritual, I'm not interested. But let justice roll like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. If we worship wrong, injustice follows. The reality is that idolatry feels injustice. And you know, again, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but maybe the idolatry of I, of me, um, is getting in the way of, of, of being just people. Because if we, we are all about ourselves and our rights and our comfort and our security and our happiness, can't that sometimes get in the way of being a just people? So how can we live a life of justice? You know, what is it that we can do? What are some of the practical things that tomorrow I can start doing? How many of you are on Facebook here? It's okay to admit it. Cool. How many of you spend quite a bit of time on Facebook? Some of you are like, yes, definitely, absolutely. Okay, I'm not going to say how many of you spend time on Facebook when you should be working, but that's, you know, another thing, because I might have to put my hand on them. Anyway, there's a little, a little thing on Facebook, and I really want to encourage you to search for it, called Super Badger. Okay? Some of you are thinking, like, what? Okay, Super Badger is, is a, a little app on Facebook run by Tear Fund. Okay, and what they do is they organise a way that people on Facebook can, can send emails 
to government, politicians, to industry, to business. I've emailed hundreds of people in the last two years through Superbadger. Really easy. I'm on Facebook quite a bit, so it's quite easy to do. And they send you little reminders. Um, and you can email people like Tesco saying we want more fair trade uh, products in your store. <clears throat> you can email governments to say we're, we're concerned about the environment, we want to see more of that happen. There are different campaigns that take place. It takes two, three minutes. All you have to do, they write the letter for you. Isn't that great? They write the letter for you. You have to put your name at the bottom. They do it all for us. And it's so simple. And I've known stuff to happen because of it. Things to change. Because when a thousand emails hit your inbox within an hour, you're going to take note. But imagine if there were 2,000 people, or 5,000 people, or 10,000 people. We could really block some inboxes. We could really do some damage. I should stop getting excited about that, shouldn't I? Oh my word. But seriously, the more of us that get involved and do it, the more that Christians act justly, the more of us that take concern for these things, we can do it. Facebook, Super Badger. You remember that, Super Badger, Facebook. Easy. So tonight, when you go home and check Facebook and say, what a great preacher we had tonight, type in, I'm joking, you don't have to do that. Um, oh my God, oh my word. <laughs> type in Super Badger in Facebook. Find it, sign up for it, do it. That'll make a real difference. There's it, straight away, one take home, you can do that tonight. What about the second thing? How about you're walking um, somewhere tomorrow, get to a tube station, there's someone you can serve and give food to and help out, have a coffee with, have a chat with. Sometimes when we see someone who's sitting there um, asking for money, actually, just to offer to buy them some food and sit and have a chat with them for half an hour. Maybe. Or something to do. It's a take-home thing to do, acting justly. Moment of the question is, what kind of chocolate do you buy? You know, you've probably all heard the fair trade stuff before, and there's loads of fair trade now, but actually the reality is, is that a lot of chocolate that isn't fairly traded is, it's kind of involves children making it, putting it and picking the cocoa beans. It's a big deal. Fair trade chocolate's great. Dairy milk is fair trade. Therefore, it must be good. As an activist, we can do something. Two or three take-homes straight away. Things we can do. And finally, I want to read you an interview. Um, how many of you have heard of a guy called Martin Sheen? Uh, anyone watch The West Wing? Three of us? Okay, this might hit slightly barren ground. But um, Martin Sheen is a, an actor. He's been in loads of films, loads of TV shows. He's particularly well known for being in Platoon, uh, kind of uh, films before, and The West Wing. He played the president. Therefore, he must be important. And Martin Sheen is a, is a Christian. He's a Catholic. And he, he said this. I'm an activist, yes. But I'm an activist as an extension of my humanity. It's part of my spiritual journey. I believe as Christians we are called as witnesses. If you are present with evil, you must identify it and identify it in the light. You go outside and put a name on injustice. You do it publicly and that's when it's costly. Because that's what Jesus did. He didn't do anything privately. He had what we call a public life. And it cost him his life. In fact, anything of value should cost you something. People who are feeding the hungry and visiting the prisoner and housing the homeless, doing justice. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to walk humbly and do justice and love. That's what being a Christian is to me. It means that you don't keep your light under a bushel. Easy to say a speech, but Martin Sheen has been arrested more than 66 times for campaigning and protest. Now, you might not agree with his politics, and I'm definitely not saying go out and get arrested. Because that would really get me in trouble. 
But what I can say is that our faith, are we willing to put our head above the parapet for a cause? Are we willing to stand up for the number of, of women and children who are trafficked? Are we willing to put our name to a cause? Are we willing to say something about stuff that we, we feel strongly about? Where people are treated with impunity. Where they're, they're not treated as humans at all. As trophies of grace that like they could be. So finally, back to the right this week. We've just got the final slide up. There we go. How do we, how do we see this put into practice this week? We saw people confront injustice. In fact, Richard Bowes confronted injustice and tragically cost him his life. Pauline Pierce confronted injustice. Riot.cleanup.co.uk Started on Tuesday morning with 50 people on Twitter. By lunchtime there were 20,000. All over the country, people coming out with brooms and bin bags. Brooms became the symbol of London for a while, didn't they? Practical action and clean-up. And a cup of tea. How British. Serving tea to the police across cities in this nation. Baking cakes for the police. Showing mercy to those who have shown us mercy. So summing up, we're to love mercy. What if the church walked with a spirit of mercy. What if the church was so overwhelmingly generous and compassionate? We showed mercy to those who didn't deserve it, recognising that we are trophies of grace. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. How can we show compassion and kindness to others tomorrow? Who can we be generous and merciful to? Do it, do it, do it. Let's go for it. Let's not worry about looking stupid. Let's just be merciful. Acting justly, are we willing to give up our comfort, our rights and our security? Are we willing to put our head above the parapet and stand up for what's right? To stand up for those who have no voice? To be an advocate? Because in response to the riots, we've seen people show mercy. That immediate response. But to see lasting change, it requires us to act justly. Long-lasting commitment to see change in our society. We are the body of Christ. Jesus is the hope of the world and he calls you and I to get our hands dirty and to get stuck in. I don't know about you, but I'm really up for it. I really want to do it. So why don't we stand and we're going to pray. Our first port of call has come to our Father.